Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. We are so excited to be bringing some of our recent women's conference speaking sessions and breakout sessions to you. In October, our church, Orange Crest Community Church, partnered with Seabreeze Church in Huntington Beach to provide a conference titled Women of Influence. In our culture today, a woman of influence is often seen as someone who is well known for something and has influence over others. Too often, the things that these women are known for are outward attributes, such as their appearance, how they dress, how successful they are in their career. This conference really challenged the idea of what a woman of influence is and how we can become the right kind of influential woman, the kind of woman that influences their families and others towards Jesus, not ourselves. We had three speakers that focused on specific areas of Titus 2, 3 through 5, pertaining to how to be a woman of influence. We learned about what godly character looks like, how right thinking leads to right actions, and how to have a ministry mindset. We also had several breakout sessions that supported the idea of being a woman of influence in practical and perspective shifting ways. Today, I'm excited to introduce Jen Andrew, who led a breakout session titled, Taking a Stand for Your Children's Hearts and Minds. She has been married for 13 years and has three boys. She's been attending OCC for almost 14 years and it currently serves as our mom-to-mom ministry coordinator. Jen, thanks so much for being willing to come here today and to talk about this very important subject. Um, I have known you for so many years <laughs> in, before you had kids. Yep. Um, I think 14 years now. And so it's just fun to see you grow into a wonderful mother of three boys. And I love to see how you are influencing them uh, for Jesus. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say on this topic. Thanks, Erica. I'm really excited too. I, uh, when you first asked me to speak on this topic, my first thought was, I don't know enough about this. And then my second thought was, well, I guess I can just share what I've done and what I've learned and maybe it'll be a help to someone. So I just wanted to start out by kind of reminding um, everyone listening of something. And, and that's just that one of the best ways to train our kids in the way we want them to go, uh, that we can just do every day is by example. We can teach and train them everything we want, but if we're not living it out, it just won't mean as much. They need to know that what they're learning isn't as important as we're saying it is. So with that said, I want to take this time to really focus on the practical part of the training, because if we don't do it, someone will. We want our kids to have their own faith, not ours, because that is what is going to stand against the challenges of this world and the culture that we see every day. So there's one quote that I wanted to kind of open with uh, from G.K. Chesterton, and he says, How can it be a large career to tell other people's children about the rule of three and a small career to tell one's own children about the universe? How can it be broad to be the same thing to everyone and narrow to be everything to someone? A women's, women's function is laborious, but because it is gigantic, not because it is minute. I will pity Mrs. Jones for the hugeness of her task. I will never pity her for its smallness. I really love this quote because it highlighted to me the important role that mothers have in the lives of our children. And I thought it was a great way to kind of intro into what we're talking about today. Yeah, I think that is a wonderful quote. Um, 
And it also just highlights the importance of what we are doing on a daily basis with our kids. So what is apologetics? So apologetics, I know it's a a lofty word and something that when people hear, sometimes they don't even have a context for where to put it. So it really is just the religious discipline of defending doctrines through systematic argumentation and discourse. Okay, so what does that mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's the discipline of defending your faith. When I looked it up and I saw that definition, I thought, well, that doesn't really give me a whole lot more than what I knew before. But in order to really simplify it, it's just the discipline of defending your faith. And it can really be defined as an attempt to remove obstacles to the faith so a person can see and believe Christianity is true and also satisfying. Mm -hmm. So why is this important? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Um, So there has been a lot of research done, and there was one research I'd found um, from Fuller Youth Institute that one of the biggest reasons teenagers turn away from the faith is because they didn't feel like they were allowed to ask questions or show any doubt in church or even with their own parents. And one of the four main things teachers, sorry, researchers recommend for developing a faith that sticks into adulthood is giving children a safe place to ask questions and wrestle with their faith so they can grow to understand why they believe what they believe. So I believe apologetics is really important for a few reasons. First, it helps our kids to understand their faith. So in the parable of the seeds um, in the New Testament, the main message is that unless we nurture our relationship with God, which is the good soil, we won't grow into the faithful Christians he calls us to be. And when we feed our faith through God's word and by seeking him in earnest, our hearts and lives overflow with the abundance of God's grace. So we don't want our kids to have borrowed faith. We want their faith to be firmly rooted. Uh, second, another, another reason is it helps prepare our children to defend their faith. So first it helps our kids understand it, but then second to defend it. So 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. When someone asks us why we believe what we believe or challenges us, do we know how to respond? Furthermore, do we know how to help our kids respond? I want to make sure that the answer to those questions is a resounding yes. So that goes into our third reason. The third reason why it's important is because it helps them stay on the right track and not be swayed by the culture. Proverbs 22, 5 through 6 says, Thorns and snares lie on the path of the perverse. He who guards his soul stays far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So at the end of our parenting journey, our kids will go out into the world on their own, and I want to know that I did the best to prepare them for what lies ahead. Christian parenting is all about preparing our kids to love and follow Jesus without us. So if they can't do it without us, we've not taught them how to really move forward. So the final reason why defending our faith and teaching our children to do um, this too is important is because we're called to do it. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words I am commanding you today are to be upon your hearts, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. We're commanded to do it. If you just look at all the action words in this passage alone, teach, command, diligently, speak, sit, lie down, walk, get up. The job we have really requires action and diligence. This is our kids' eternal well-being we're dealing with, and we want to do what we can while we have their ears and their attention. Mm-hmm. That's really good, Jenna. I am actually thinking a lot about this because I am at the end of my parenting mm. journey, and I have been preparing my <laughs> yes. son 
to go out into the world. And he will encounter and is already encountering people that question um, his faith Uh, at work. You know, he works at a secular job and Mm -hmm. um, he's already, you know, having to think about and answer questions that people ask him. Um, That's just really important. It's priceless for them to be able to um, articulate why they believe what they believe. Um, and then, then just also right now, all the messages in the media that are mm-hmm. coming at them, yeah. they're just everywhere. They're in whatever they watch, whatever they read, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the, the news that they, um, are listening to, it has a worldview right. that's being communicated. And right. so we really need to prepare our kids mm-hmm. to be able to think about the messages that are g- coming at them and really understand that ideas really have a source to the ideas and then there's um there's a consequence to the ideas right there's a there's an end result to the ideas i just it's really fun to see you in that stage doing that with your kids and now i'm at the stage with my parenting that I am going to be seeing how well I right. did. Well, what's cool is I got to watch you in this stage yeah. before I had kids when you were in this stage and learned a lot from you. And someone was asking me recently, like, how I don't even know where to start in parenting my kids and pointing them to Jesus. And I was like, well, when you have community and you get around people that can show you the way, it makes it a whole lot easier. And that's mm-hmm. true. That's yes, we help each other. And that's yeah. what we're about here with mom to mom. Yes. So, so. How do you go about doing this? How do you go about training your kids? Well, like I said, I'm really grateful for community because I've learned a lot from them, you included. And my goal in sharing this is really to encourage moms that you can do this and it shouldn't be overwhelming or intimidating. So so how can we do this was your question. First and most importantly, read the scriptures with your kids and ask these questions. And so these are some basic questions of framework that you can kind of work with. And those are, who is this about? What happened to him or her in this story? Why did it happen? What does God want me to learn from them? And what is God telling me about himself? That last one's really important uh, because it really helps them to take it from just what's the story about um, and to to what's God revealing about himself. Um, So this really just helps them to learn to evaluate the scriptures and to look to them for guidance, not just, oh, these are cool stories, but Mm -hmm. these really allow them to have some answers. So the next thing is to equip yourself uh, by growing in your personal knowledge and understanding. So this is where sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Like, where do I start? But there are so many good books out there, podcasts, sermons, uh, discussions with friends even have been really helpful for me. And um, we actually have put together a resource guide that we will attach to this podcast. Um, So we'll be able to uh, provide some of those resources so you don't have to start from scratch. Uh, we were able to put some of this together. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this can really be as simple as choosing a book to read or a podcast to listen to every now and then. It, you don't have to feel like you have to do it all. So just start somewhere that's easy and makes sense for your schedule. I know personally, I like to listen to podcasts in the morning while getting ready for the day. Uh, it can really just be a lot about blending. So if I'm doing my hair and I, I'm just standing staring at the mirror, I can listen to something and I'm getting something else done. Uh, Thirdly, I think another way on how to do this is to use daily opportunities to train your children. And I think sometimes these can be really hard because they're not something we can plan for. They come up and we have to be available in the moment to really take them and to to use them. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, I read this earlier, but this really talks about this. You know, when you're walking along the road, when you're sitting, when you're whatever you're doing, use these as opportunities. 
So you can do this by pausing and discussing shows and movies with teachable moments. Uh, this is something that we've kind of created a habit of in our family. When we've seen something that we think would be helpful for the kids, we pause and we ask them the question about it. Um, and it just helps them provide a better framework for what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also ask questions that get your children to really think uh, as opposed to just like yes or no answers. Um, also, just debrief the time you have with people who do life differently than you. Uh, we've had the chance to do this with many that we've spent time with who may not do the things or say the things that our kids are used to. They don't always have a context for what's happening if they're not used to it. And there's actually a funny story that goes along with this. Uh, A friend of mine was speaking with her neighbor one time and the neighbor is, was, was not using the best language. They were actually using a lot of cuss words and the kids were standing right there, specifically her son, who was probably five or six at the time. And this person was kind of going off on something and like mid sentence, her son reached up and touched the neighbor's hand and said, excuse me, you just said a bad word. You said stupid. He completely (laughs) missed all of the cuss words and only knew about stupid because he knew stupid was a bad word. But that just kind of like highlights to me that if we're not, that stuff can just go, go right over our kids' heads. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing necessarily, but we want to help them to discern things and understand things to some extent too. It was just the sweet innocence of like that child. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really sweet. So um, lastly, another way we can do this uh, is to really help our kids become critical thinkers. And we can do this by helping them find answers to their questions instead of giving them the answers. Um, And this can take a lot of time, but it really helps them to cement things in their minds. Also by evaluating things with an open mind. So um, asking questions of things just like you're helping them to do instead of just saying, well, this is just the way it is. Like really evaluate and question things. Um, And then I also wanted to share something called the chew and spit method, which is a really practical way to implement. This is really, I think, keys in on the how. And this can be used for books, movies, songs. I think this is so important because one of the myths that we believe is as long as we get our kids reading, or a lot of times I've seen this with reading specifically, is it doesn't matter what. As long as my kid's reading, that's that's all that matters. But what we're putting into their minds and hearts really shapes their perspective. And this is what you shared about earlier, Erica, uh, is that it's it's all going to come out. So we need to be really intentional with what we're allowing them to put in. So how we teach, how do we do this then? How do we teach them the chew and spit method? Well, we have to train our kids to be discerning in what they feed their minds with. And then this method acknowledges that we're in the world. We can't get out of it. So we have to know how to navigate it. So using discernment, we can teach them to keep the good and get rid of the bad. So we can challenge challenge things that claim that they're safe for the whole family, even, for example. I've, um, when I hear that tag, safe for the whole family, I'm like, what does that really mean? I mean... I've heard this even, it's the Bible. The Bible's safe for the whole family. Well, there's stories in the Bible that I'm not going to read to my kids <laughs> because there's a whole yes. lot of explanation that's going to go into those that they're not ready for. Um, and even even things that are tagged Christian, quote unquote, don't necessarily mean that they're biblical. And so even for us as adults, we can use this chew and spit method in what we're doing. Um, we can practically use it by looking for a few things. So as we're going through movies, books, songs, we can look for the glorification of a non-Christian worldview. Now, this is obviously everywhere around us, especially in our culture mm. today. Um, again, we might be able to identify it, but our kids might not know that. So if we're helping them to see that, that helps them to create uh, kind of just these categories for things. 
Um, also, we can help them to look for sin being portrayed as having no consequences, hmm. which we see a lot of. And when they can see that, oh, wait, that was sin, but they didn't get in trouble for that, it, it really does help them to see, well, it, it, you may not see a consequence, but that doesn't mean that there's not a consequence. Mm-hmm. And it really, again, gives them kind of a place to put this. Also, we can um, use this method by looking for things that promote, glamorize, desensitize, or even normalize sin. Again, we see this all mm-hmm. the time. So some examples of questions that can really help identify what to chew and spit are, there's basically uh, five questions. First, what's the genre? Second, what's being laughed about? That's a really important one because a lot of the times the things that are being laughed about in the songs or the shows um, aren't funny. They're actually really bad things or sad things Mm -hmm. that are being laughed at. Uh, The third thing is what's the main message being portrayed here? Uh, Fourth, what values are being elevated, which again, a lot of the times the values being elevated are not the things, in fact, the majority of the time are not the things that the Bible says are important. And then lastly, what values are being made fun of? Again, that kind of goes along with what's being laughed at. Like, what are they making fun of? And a lot of the times it's not the things that we would, as Christians, think to make fun of. So I I, I hope that that kind of gives a picture of the how. And I just Mm want to say, like, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. My husband and I are doing this with our boys, but we do try to make a habit of evaluating the things we read and watch to help them to learn that everything they see in here should be compared with scriptures and not just accepted as truth or real. So what I'm hearing you say, Jen, is that this really requires a lifestyle. Um, you are you are building a lifestyle of evaluating the things that you are hearing in the media Um, You have to personally do this Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And then you're helping your kids do that as well. You're helping them build categories for thinking and you're giving them tools uh, for them to use. Uh, The the tools are the questions Mm -hmm. that you're asking them to um, help them evaluate the messages that they're getting. And then you're walking them through it by asking them the questions they, you know, you're giving them your input. They're they're also telling the telling you what they're getting from what they're watching, and then you're able to guide them a little bit more, and that will help them in the future internalize the questions. Hopefully, that's what will happen. They'll internalize right. those same questions, and then when they're in a situation when they're when they're taking in media or they're talking to their friends, they're evaluating the messages that are coming at them. That's really the goal, because I mean, like like we were saying earlier, it's it's really about getting them to do this apart from you. So you you do it with them while they're young and while they need your guidance and can't figure it out. And as they grow older and they're, you know, going to their friends' houses more or spending the night somewhere, whatever it may be, you know that they have the tools to be able to really deal with and discern things in a helpful way. Mm-hmm. That's just great. I'm very excited. Um, that you are doing that with your kids. And I'm excited that hopefully a lot of the moms from OCC could start to build a pattern of this with their own children. So what would you say to a mom that is, you know, maybe starting out with two or three-year-old? Yeah. You know, like, what do you do with a two or three-year-old? So with the little ones, the biggest thing you can do right now first is to get yourself in a place where you're understanding things. So because like we, like I shared in the beginning, it's going to be by example and really your understanding of how to, to share. Um, I personally have read a couple different books, which I share about in the resource guide, that helped me 
have kind of a framework for how to respond to some of the questions that would get harder as my kids got older. But there's also ways now that we can share the love of Jesus. So there's some great books and resources. Uh, the Storybook Bible is one that I love. Mm-hmm. And then there's also some really great books that I share in my uh, resource, which I actually have it broken down by ages. Uh, but for little little guys, there's this Young Defender series that teaches them who Jesus is, who God is, what the gospel says in a really cute picture book format. And so even from a young age, they can start to get a context from who is God, who is mm-hmm. Jesus, what it, what is the gospel? And they may not be able to concretely understand that yet, mm-hmm. but reading those books to them really helps to kind of create a foundation and cement some things into their heart. So from a young age, I try to really read with my kids and, and pray with my kids or say things out loud when I'm struggling. Um, if I'm having a rough day, I, I ask them to pray with me. Um, so even from a young age, that's something that exampling are things mm-hmm. that you can do for them because you're showing them by the way that you live your life that God is a priority and what he has to say about life is important. Yeah, it sounds like what you're really doing is you're building a biblical worldview first. Right. And then as the other ideas come in, other worldviews right. that they, you know, they encounter, then you're able, they're able to say, oh, this is not the same as what I believe. Right. And it, it has been helpful. I'm now, my oldest is nine now. And so we're getting into a stage of a little bit more questions, like at that, that, uh, that age when they start to really have more abstract ideas, I guess they're, it's, it's just starting. But I was reading a book uh, this week called The Plot to Kill Hitler. And my mm. boys were super intrigued about the cover. And they're like, can you read that out loud to us? <laughs> and it was funny. I'd looked through it and I was like, you know what? Actually, this doesn't give a lot of detail. It, it more just talked about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his his really trying to um, kind of bring to light all that Hitler was doing. So I said, this might actually be a good book for discussion. So I did. I ended up reading out aloud most of the book and they were enthralled by it. Mm. And it created some really good discussion about evil and good and this mm. framework that I wouldn't have been able to just bring up on my own. So a lot of times, like reading aloud, like the discussions that come as a result of that can be some of the biggest ways to share the things you're trying to get across. Hmm. That's just really fun. So is it always easy to do this? <laughs> no. Because I'm thinking whenever I would stop <laughs> no. the movie in like a really critical part, right. my kids would be like, Mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, we need to talk about this. So I, I don't yeah. do that. I don't do this. All, I didn't. I don't know. I, I stopped doing that, but I, I realized this isn't going to go over what really no. well if I'm having them evaluate everything. When we don't do it with everything, <laughs> it's, it, it's definitely things especially that we think they need to debrief or have a better understanding of. And a lot of times we'll wait till after it's over. Uh-huh. Uh, just because we don't want to ruin the moment, you know. So And we don't do this perfectly by any means. Yeah. Uh, so it's something that we are still trying to implement more consistently. Like there's times where we do it great for a while and then we fall back on it. So it's not perfect. But mm-hmm. every time we do it, we know that it was beneficial. Like we, we, we leave that conversation thinking, wow, that really made like a big uh, a big impact. Or mm-hmm. it, it, it shared something with them that we were trying to get across but didn't quite make sense. And then they had the opportunity to experience it themselves and then we were able to debrief that. So it's kind of awkward at first. Yeah, I know that is. with our family and even for the families that haven't been doing this and they maybe have grade school kids, uh, it will be a little awkward at first. But just to pick a few things to yeah. start to evaluate and thinking of some questions to ask as they're uh, just maybe a show that they've watched or 
or a song that they've listened to. Right. Even music is so powerful. Music's been a big one for us. My my boys, we listen to a lot of music when we're driving the car. Not all the time, but sometimes. And they are big country fans. Well, I don't know how much <laughs> country you've listened to recently, but it's not as appropriate as it used to be. And so we've had to turn it off so many times. And they'll be like, why are you turning that song? I like it. And, and then I'll have to explain to them why I'm turning the song off. And a lot of times, if it's something that I know they won't understand. I just say, hey, this wasn't an appropriate song. I just turned it off because you don't need to hear it. But sometimes we'll discuss it. So, um, and it's actually been helpful because there are a couple songs that they were like sad about that they couldn't listen to. And I had to explain why. And they were like, oh, like, I don't want to sing about that, you know? So mm-hmm. there is, there is at that age, they're just singing because they like the tune and they don't even understand what they're singing half the time. But if you help them to understand what the words mean, then it kind of creates a, a better understanding for them and sheds a new light on, on the music. So. Yeah, I mean, I really remember when I, I when there's a, there are a few movies that I've gone back to see with my kids that mm-hmm. I saw when I was younger, yeah. and I am shocked at what I used to watch. Right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? Why was I thinking this was a good movie? And how could I show it to my kids? Like, why are we watching this right now? <laughs> I know. I've had the same thoughts, and you know, actually, one thing you can do and. I did this in at the conference for like a, an activity was you can print out the lyrics to one of your favorite songs mm-hmm. and, and you can actually go through it with your kids if they're old enough. Um, if not, you can just do it on your own or one of their favorite songs and try to really take apart, like ask these questions of the song and it gives you good practice. So, but it's the same with movies, like thinking through that, like what have I watched and what did that, what did that, what was the perspective of that movie? And it, it really gets you thinking better. So. Yeah, it, it really is a skill to be learned. It's something that we need to practice as adults. Right. And if we're not used to doing it, it will take us some time to do that. Right. But we can learn how to do it. We can learn this skill and and then pass that on to our kids yeah. as well. Yeah, and it's really beneficial. I mean, there have been many times, even recently, where I've started watching something and thought, I don't need this going in. And so I'm not mm-hmm. going to watch this, you know. And it might not even seem like it at first, and then you start really evaluating it, and you realize it. So so there's the informal, where you're going along, you're walking along the path, mm-hmm. driving in the car. Mm-hmm. You may be listening to a song on the radio or just, you know, watching a TV show. That's yeah. the informal part. And then there's the formal part, where you're reading a book, and you're having a discussion. I know sometimes we pick a book to read during our family breakfast once a week, and we evaluate. Well, I'll just ask questions for my kids, and they will answer them, and we'll just have a great discussion. Yeah, so. that's a great opportunity. We usually have one read aloud going at least as a family at a time, and that's a good opportunity to take those times. We're reading Peter Nimble and His Fantastic Eyes right now, and it has some very interesting parts in there that can really create a lot of debriefing so is that about peter pan no it's about uh, this orphaned boy so it's a very real story like there's some hardships he Uh. goes through so in in those situations you're you know my kids haven't experienced a lot of that with people they know so you're giving them this context again to ask questions about something that does that really happen Mm. you know do, do people really struggle that way are there kids out there who who don't have a family who you know are 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 not treated well, you know, and so those types of things really come up and provide opportunities, you know. And that actually brings another interesting point up that when we're helping our kids, um, we are not sheltering them. We are helping them um, 
be able to see the world through God's eyes, yeah. but we are still letting them see the world. Yes. So we're helping them evaluate the world. We don't want to just shelter them no. and then send them out to the wolves. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's a really good point that you bring up because if we're so focused on just giving them what's in the Bible or, or Christian, quote unquote, they're going to not be able to really discern, like we were saying, like we're giving them the tools. So even that the book that we're reading right now, it's by no means Christian. There's some things in there that people might think, oh, that's not something I, I would you know, need to tell my kids about. But in reality, what it's doing is it's creating, creating a framework for us to talk about things so that when they do deal with those things in the future, or if they come across something, oh, I actually have, I've heard of this before. Like this, this is something that happens. Like it really does create that framework for them. Mm -hmm. So it's not all bad. Like you're giving them the tools to assess and really kind of pull that apart. And really what we're doing is we're trying to create wise kids. Yeah. You know, kids that love God, fear God and know God Mm -hmm. and that are able to turn those, turn their lives into productive and prosperous lives that, you know, glorify God. Yes and help the kingdom expand. So Jen, what would you say to a mom that might be feeling overwhelmed or might be asking herself, what do I do? I haven't been doing this. I don't know where to start. Well, first of all, I would say none of us have it all figured out or have gotten it perfect. I can share a hundred different examples of where I didn't do this well. So can I. Um, yes. Can't we all? And <laughs> That's I, I mom can, guilt. Yeah. We can talk about this in another That's podcast. another podcast. <laughs> Honest, seriously, it is Yes. Um, but what, like for a recent example, one of my boy's favorite songs, and I, a lot of my friends know this because I do the dance to it even. I love it. It's, um, it's the Applebee's <laughs> song, uh, Fancy Like, Fancy Like, as I think it's called. But my boys love it. And it was one of those songs where we would just listen to it all the time. They knew the dance. We'd have fun with it. And then I started really assessing what it meant. And I was like, huh, it wasn't a bad song. It wasn't inappropriate in the ways we might think, but it was not, it wasn't creating the right message for my boys on how they should treat a woman or what they should look for in a woman. And so I was able to just say, you know what, we've been listening to this song for the last couple months and really enjoying it, but this is what it actually means. Now that doesn't mean we can't listen to it anymore, but I just wanted them to know. So I, what, what, one thing I would say is that if, if you're that, if you're in that space and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I failed in all these areas or I haven't done it, just start where you're at. You don't need to go back with everything you've ever listened to or watched. Just start where you're at. And if there's something that comes up on the radio or a show that comes up and you think, oh, this is a good moment, start with that. Mm-hmm. So the, you're, the kids aren't going to know that you've missed all this stuff and you don't have to punish yourself for that because now you can move forward and then help prepare and equip them moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I found that God is really, he's really kind and and gracious to help me figure out where to start. Right. A lot of times there's a new skill that I have to teach my kids, especially with Gabriel, who is my ex- experiment because he's my firstborn. Yeah. You know, I've had to just ask the Lord, what do I do now? Because I've never done this before. And so we, as moms, have to constantly be asking God for help yeah. and seeking his wisdom. So that's, yeah, that's encouraging, Jen. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that you said that because we're all in different places. Right. You know, some of us are sure. beginning our walk with Christ. Some of us have um, just never thought of these things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of us are just, maybe we have been Christians for a while, but 
maybe that was not something that we were exposed to yeah. when we were little. So Yeah, I know I wasn't. It was not shown to me as a kid. And so um, I, I didn't experience some of these things. And uh, it was really helpful for me, again, to see this in community. And I learned some of these things. So don't punish yourself. Don't look down on yourself for not having it figured out. Like move forward one step at a time. You know, really look to community for help and look to the Bible for guidance and you'll get it down. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing today with us. And I hope that this has been a helpful uh, podcast for the moms that are listening to us today. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.